If there was some advice that I could give other women in tech coming through, it would be to not not take things personally and that things will probably happen um, and you just have to brush yourself off while we're going through this really difficult change because we can talk about stuff, we can be the person flying the flag, but we're not stupid. We are still living in a man's world where we aren't equal um, and that is seen in, in many, many communities, many, many networks. Um, you know, I, I think that's really a valid point to say. Welcome to another episode of Big Risk Energy. On this podcast, we talk to an amazing range of people. We talk to these people about risk. Risk they've taken in their lives, risk they've taken in their careers, when they paid off and when they didn't. And on this episode, I'm blessed to be joined by the one and only Claudia Stankler. Claudia, thank you so much for coming on the show. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you, Roy, for having me. So, Claude, we have known each other for five years now. Um, and we've known each other so well as well, which is strange. Um, you know, starting from a sliding into a LinkedIn inbox <laughs> um, to now spending probably 40 hours a week together. The joys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think I, I've probably spoken about you on the podcast multiple times, to be fair. Um, you know, I was very, very fortunate to be able to invest uh, very early on in my investment career into a business that you were working on and, and were pretty much leading. Um, and then got even more lucky when building connected and you became available because you had just finished you you finished working with uh, with Nutrifix and you were traveling for a bit. Is that is that right? Yeah. Uh yeah, the other way around. So I was traveling for a bit and then um, and then came back, got a job with the guys at Nutrifix, um, running their operations. Incredible business, really love what they're, well, what they were doing back then is essentially addressing absenteeism, presenteeism through well-being mm-hmm. um, and food, making sure that employees, we spend, what, 40, 45 hours in the office, making sure we've actually got healthy, nutritious food, which addresses, you know, issues that, that we all face at work. Yeah. Um, and then... COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Um, we pivoted from B2B to B2C in the space of about five days. Um, Impressive. And then, <laughs> um, yeah, really good guys, really great business. Um, then obviously you had founded Connected and it, I think it made a lot of a lot of sense for me to head on over. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, um, it was a really, really interesting experience working together in uh, the previous company, the mental health technology platform, which was obviously an area we're both super passionate about. Mm. Um, it was an amazing learning experience, you know, not always a positive journey but I think that those journeys are the ones where you do learn the most and um, you know I think the way that we have really built connected together over the last three years now yeah just about. Yeah. yeah about three years now um, has been really based on a lot of the PTSD <laughs> um, you know that we had when things didn't necessarily work out which is which is great yeah I, you know the old adage goes that you only really learn through your failures and mm. I can't think of, you know, a, a more true quote. Um, I honestly think that you have to go through the rough times. You have to go through the times when you're realizing that actually what you're doing isn't either serving you from a mental health perspective or, or you know, advancing enough for you to, for, to warrant continuing to do it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all hit those stumbling blocks, I think, in our lives and in our careers. But I think what's important is utilizing that for the future just yeah. knowing what you didn't do right what you could have done better and obviously you know adapting what you do in the future to to address what you your pitfalls in the past yeah exactly and i also think it's a really difficult thing to do in terms of brushing yourself down and getting mm. back on the horse yeah. you know it'd be very very easy to say you have a difficult 
experience within stuff difficult yeah um not for me i'm going to go in something yeah. something much more stable mm-hmm. uh but obviously you then jumped into um you know another, another startup nutrifix and then back in with, with me interconnected mm. and uh, i think that says a lot about you as, as a person the character that you have and, and genuinely you have um a very very uh fantastic level of determination but also the strength that underpins it because ultimately being in a startup is i i, I always relate it to being like it's like being an actor a mm. hundred rejections before you get the part that you want or yeah. being a comedian and bombing the whole time it is that level of perseverance and stubbornness mm. that you need to keep on pushing forward which is um i've described you many times as angolo Kante. um you know just there doing the hard work i'll take to, it <laughs> I mean, he's a great football player but you know just doing the hard work to make mm. sure that the business can really just move forward in the way that it has so uh yeah as always a big big thank you to you for all the like amazing work that you've done for for connected and it's been amazing to see your journey on that side and you know now going from a a difficult moment five years ago to uh getting recognized forbes 30 under 30 earlier this year tell me about that how does that feel yeah it's it's a weird one because i feel like it's always when you're in this industry you know i feel like well going back to as a kid you always have that kind of measurement of hard work and success in terms of you know in the UK we do GCSEs A levels and you always have that like kind of measurement that Mm. you're I guess measuring yourself against um and when you're an adult it doesn't necessarily you don't really have that and so you know how hard you work and you know you know the hours that you put in the determination that you have the you know the grit that you need to do uh to get where you want to go but it's not always appreciated in terms of that gold standard Mm -hmm. of of what you're working for um so it was really it was really incredible but I think at the same time you know there's so many amazing entrepreneurs out there people who are doing really great things who don't get that recognition through something like Forbes 30 on 30 or 40 under 40 whatever it may be so it's really nice to be recognized um it you know it it does mean a lot 100% but at the same time it you know those aren't the only successful people. Those aren't the only people who are doing good things. There are a lot of unrecognized people who are doing even more. more yeah, but much. who cares about them? You know, <laughs> no, no. I mean, you're 100 percent right. But I, but I think it's a a really really great point. Um, you know, we do work so hard, and I know how hard you work, Claude, obviously firsthand. Um, but it is great to get that external recognition because ultimately, it's things like that which provide validation for all the hours that we do put in. Yeah. Right. And uh, I, I, I was so happy for you when you got that. And it was uh, an amazing Thank thing you. for me to see. Yeah, because it's totally deserved. And, you know, especially in, in the environment that we've had over the last couple of years in terms of <sighs> chaos, <Yeah>. inflation, <laughs> war, COVID, all, yeah. all of those things, um, to, to get the recognition for the hours being put in is, is fantastic. And, and I also think so many times people think we're crazy for working in startups, mm. right? How many times when you've told your friends you're doing, and they're just like, I don't Every get week. it. Every I week. I don't get it. My family <laughs> doesn't get it. Yeah. So to be able to point to this and be like, look, I told you I'm doing mm. something. I'm not, just, I'm not insane, right? <laughs> no, I'm insane, but it's validated. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so that must be a, be a really, really nice moment. And, and do you find that things have changed for you since that recognition? I think the networking opportunities that it opens up is incredible you know and I think as you know we work so hard and everybody works so hard and I feel like once you achieve that you either go one of two ways I feel like you're either okay take that off the list I'm 
got where I need to go now. Um, or it spurs you on more. Um, and I think for me, it's the latter. You know, mm -hmm. I think when you reach your goal, I feel like it's hard sometimes to keep motivated to spur you on. But when you're in an early stage venture like Connected, I feel like this is just the beginning of what we're doing. Mm. And I think I kind of needed that to keep the momentum up because it is tiring what we do. You know it more than anyone. Yeah. Um, so I think to have that kind of as the next stage and say, cool, tick that off. Really, really happy. You know, you know, amazing, amazing to, you know, to be aligned and akin with those kind of people. But we still have a vision. We still have a roadmap that we want to complete and we still want to build this business. So for me, I think it spurred me on a little bit more. Mm. Um, it was nice that there was a little bit of validation for all the times that I might not have been able to see my friends as much as I wanted to or, you know, do do what they're doing. I think there is a bit of a sacrifice that mm -hmm. we all make and that balance is really hard to get. And that's something that I think I still haven't got right. But I think, you know, at least when you've got that, it kind of makes, you know, I think it makes uh, help other people see that it wasn't just me locking myself in the house and yeah. just saying no to plans it was it was for a reason and for a cause yeah absolutely exactly that and that's why it's so important that we do create uh, an environment and when i say we i mean all startups create mm. an environment where it's not just about the founder yeah by any means because then it's you are asking so much in terms of sacrifice now obviously we've been really strong on uh, equity incentives and all those good things but there's more to it than that and you know how much we encourage people building their personal brand uh, uh, making sure they're getting the recognition they deserve and you know i, I said to everyone the other day like i want to help everyone refine the way they introduce themselves so that we can always put our best foot forward because ultimately that's one of our core values right stronger as a collective yeah. and it doesn't make sense having purely founder-led businesses in an in an, in uh in a time where it's so easy for people to build that brand online. Yeah, and I think that's where you have done an incredible job with Connected in terms of every one of the team is empowered, not just because they have equity in the business, but because they see the trajectory of yourself, for example, and they think, you know what, I can be a part of that. We are a small business effectively and you empower every single person in that team to have that personal development one of our other values conduct yourself as an owner mm. is specifically geared towards that it's making sure that every single one of the team knows that they are a part they're a cog in this machine that we're building together and that yeah. doesn't just mean that we have one connected vision we do but we also have 50 odd however many people there are of us now personal visions and yeah. personal developments and i think that's super important and you know i don't know many founders who would give as much praise or a platform as much I think I should say as as you have done with connected so though you know we have our individual successes you know I'm not blinkered to the fact that I honestly hand on heart don't think I could have got Forbes 30 and a 30 if you didn't take that chance on me and gave me this job as the first employee in connected you'd you know? probably be further ahead yeah um, <laughs> no but I think it's um a, a massive thing I really appreciate that but for me I think it's really a, a it would never sit right to have an environment where, and you know, you're a large equity holder in Connected, mm. right? So I would never want an environment even where new people into the company feel like we're giving all the lip service of, come on guys, we're in this together, but actually you don't have opportunities, yeah. you aren't being recognized, you don't have that opportunity for growth. And some of my favorite stories from the Connected culture are individuals that we've supported within the organization to really grow into new responsibilities, change departments, all of those things, because we recognize that when you have that attitude and work ethic and ambition and all those values are aligned, the company will do everything it can to support you in your personal journey as part of that collective. 
Exactly. I was saying this actually today to our performance acquisition manager at Connected Gym. Really, really great guy. And he focuses a lot on obviously building up the sales team and making sure that they're fully equipped. And we were saying that you can teach technical abilities. You can teach skill sets. You can't teach attitude. You Mm. either have it or you don't. Um, And I think we're really fortunate connected to have a group of people who really share the same goals and values and attitudes towards helping us get there together. And I think that's quite rare as well. Yeah, and it and it's it's lovely to see, and it makes it such a exciting place to work mm. where we do all, all have that ambition. And just going back to uh, the previous point on um, getting the recognition for Forbes Thirty Under Thirty, uh, one of the things which I think is really, really important to uh, every startup founder here is to understand that there is a lot of value in being aligned with those brands, but when you get to that stage. You then have an option, just as you said, it's either you can tick it off or you can use it as a launch pad for more mm. motivation. And I, I feel like we've just gotten to that stage um, with Connected as a whole, where we've raised some good funds. Um, we hit some big milestones, three and a half million ARR, which is great. And there's I, such a risk that it becomes Forbes that and 30, BBC, all of these things mm. that we end up just patting ourselves on the back a bit too much. Yeah. Right. It's the recognition that it's really, really great. But we always need to reinvent ourselves. We always need to push each other and push ourselves to say, well, look, we can be big fish in a small pond mm-hmm. or we can now try and get to a bigger pond. And I think that's one of the things as well that's been really exciting for me to see, you know, what you're doing connected, what what so many people are doing connected, which is saying, right, we've we've done really well. We've got further than many startups ever will, but this is just the floor of our ambition. Yeah. You know, and it's now time to drive on, which... Um, is, is a really, really exciting one. How do you continue to draw on that well of motivation? Like, what, what are your um, tips? What's your advice for people when it comes to how, how you keep yourself motivated? It's actually going to sound a bit counterproductive, but taking a step back because I never did that. And you will always, I mean, you ask me quite often, like, what are my challenges? What are my issues? Or what am I dealing with? And I, pretty much nine times out of 10 tell you balance. Um, I never get it right. I never Mm. have got it right. I don't know if it's because I'm a Libra or what, but like I'm just not good at it. And for me, I think the only way that I can keep myself motivated and spurred on is by taking that step back and not always running at 200 miles an hour. And I am more productive when I do take that step back, Mm. when I shut myself off and when, you know, I don't answer messages or whatever it may be. I do need that individual time to keep, I guess, collect my thoughts, just take a step back, make sure that I am being me, which helps me then come back to work and, and put my full, you know, mm. you know, my foot on the pedal. Yeah. And I think it's, um, it's been great to see for, for, for me to see with you, uh, obviously in the last company that we were involved with and the first two years of Connected, it wasn't possible. Mm. Right, taking yeah. that, taking <laughs> that, that step back, which yeah. is not feasible. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the reward now that we yeah. get is the infrastructure has got to a, significant enough level that actually we can afford to take a break every now and then when when required and it is so important Um, and it's something which I think neither of us necessarily believed in Mm. when we first came into Connected because for you Tolero, for me Real Sport was so full on and it was just all consuming all everything we were also both younger I don't know if it makes a difference (laughs) I had so much energy (laughs) I don't know if it's that Um, but yeah certainly at this stage it's now a case of well look we've worked so hard to get infrastructure to a certain level 
we now need to utilize the upside of that which is being able to disengage whenever required yeah and it's not it's not like it's working part-time it's not taking a day off it's sure. you know it's, it's turning off your phone so you don't get slack messages from 7 p.m yeah. for example um and i think that that just helps me you know i just need to have that balance in my life that um i'm probably even if it looked like on paper i was giving fewer hours to the business I would probably be a hell of a lot more productive in those mm. hours that I was giving. And I think that's the beauty of startup environment. Yes, but also connect to environment that if you're giving, you know, if you're, you're, you're putting all of your efforts into this business, that's all that we need from, yeah. the, from everyone who's working there. You don't have to stay until the 11 o'clock at night. So no, would rather you didn't do that. But if you were doing the smaller amount of hours, but actually 100% in those hours, yeah. you'd get a hell of a lot more done than if you did, you know, 75% productivity over a longer number yes. of hours. And there are some uh, responsibilities which require a different type of energy yeah. and focus. And you will not be able to adequately execute on those if you're not protecting your energy absolutely you know there are some things that need that certain level of passion and drive which if you've been bogged down in admin that whole day like it's just not going to happen so you know understanding that different types of work have uh different spiritual requirements yeah. in many way right you know how much of your soul do you need yeah. to do for this piece of work and <laughs> exactly. what can be done in the background is, mm. a, is a really important one so i know that you're incredibly passionate about uh women in tech um, obviously having been involved in technology since you graduated from university other yeah. than um, three months, six months in Sri Lanka? Yep. Uh, yeah, three, I think. Three. Back three to six. Yeah, back of the day. Some, yeah. Something like that. Um, so talk to me about your journey as a woman in, in technology and, and your experience there. Because I've obviously seen so much of that evolution from the outside and seen how much you've grown. It's been unbelievable to see. But what's your experience as a woman in tech been and how have you th seen things change over the last five six years yeah it's a great question and it's quite a difficult one to answer because I feel like over over the time that I have been a woman in tech my own abilities have also been advancing you know I started off I started off really young I think I was 22 23 uh, I think 23 when we first met and that isn't really of any age you know to have your foot on the ground in the community you know like flying the flag for women in tech mm -hmm. um and i wasn't able to do that back then because i didn't feel i had the right network i didn't have the right backing and i feel like you need to grow that over time and align yourself i think with the right people to mm -hmm. get yourself there um and alongside that you know i think connected has been a really great driver for me personally because i've been given the opportunity to actually have a voice mm -hmm. within the startup ecosystem obviously we work within the startup ecosystem solely for the, you know, the early stage. So I think that has been a huge driver in me actually being able to take that step up and say, I am a woman in tech. I have experienced some things that I, I hope other people don't experience. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, it's a matter of making sure that everybody um, is aware of the issues. I, do, I feel like, you know, we didn't necessarily talk about issues as much as we do in the past. Same with mental health. You couldn't say the words mental health 10 years ago. Mm. Now you're encouraged to do so. Um, and so I think there has been a transition since maybe, you know, five, five, six years ago when I started out um, to what it is now. But within that time, I myself have already also transitioned. Mm. And I think, you know, if there was some advice that I could give other women in tech coming through it would be to not, not take things personally and that things will probably happen um and you just have to brush yourself off while we're going through this really difficult change mm. because we can talk about stuff we can be the person flying the flag but we're not stupid we are still living in a man's world where we aren't equal um and that is seen in, in many many 
communities, many, many networks. Um, you know, I, I think that's really a valid point to say. Mm. Um, and so while we are in that transition, while we are changing, we can be the thought leaders and we can be the people making that change. But while we're not there 100%, there will be situations that you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And it's not a nice situation for anybody, but if you're in it, don't take it personally, brush yourself off and realize that times are changing. Conversations can be had now that we never used to be able to have and just put your foot on the pedal and power through and we will make it through together. Mm. And how important are support networks um, for, for that? Yeah, incredibly important. Um, but I think it starts with education because mm -hmm. I think, you know, we've got young women coming through throughout school and there was never really a clear path, I think, for me personally. And I think that was due to education of not knowing what the paths could be for somebody mm. like myself um and so i think we need to start early we need to make sure that people throughout school and women throughout school are aware of the paths that they can take and how you know we can break down gender stereotypes and we can give them as much as a platform as their male counterparts um and then when they're coming through to the support networks i think that's irreplaceable mm. um surrounding yourself by like-minded people and people who experience the same things as you is you can't replace that as, you know, as an attribute that you need, to, you know, to, to be the launch pad to push yourself off. Mm, no, that's it's, uh, amazing answer and, and really valuable advice. Um, and it's interesting because knowing, knowing your journey, obviously, you know, starting out in tech almost uh, accidentally mm. in many ways, you know, or ending up seeing an amazing opportunity in an area that you were really passionate about, but then just discovering the world of startups yeah. and going straight to basically Completely. running a startup, right? Yeah completely accidental i missed the deadline for my phd while i was in sri lanka <laughs> that's how accidental it was i yeah i'd come down bright-eyed bushy-tailed from mm -hmm. uni went to london as you know a lot of people do i didn't have a job i didn't know what i was doing i was waitressing at the time um and came across an internship at a mental health tech startup took the job because i was going away for three months as you said to sri lanka to work in mental health uh, institutions and then didn't realize obviously wasn't very uh, organized back then um not not too good for my job um but missed the deadline for my phd in psychology which is my educational background which is what i was going to do mm -hmm. um i realized i had to wait another year to reapply obviously it's once once a year entry so continued at the job um in the mental health tech startup and realized that if i actually want to help people and be part of a change technology is the way to do that so really just never left from there and obviously that's where you and i met and mm -hmm. then um, you know, starting off quite young, I felt like I wanted to get a little bit of a different experience for operations. Operations is so varied, depending on what business it is, and obviously moved over to Nutrifix and then connected from there. Yeah, uh, and to be honest, the uh, experience at, at Tolera there, I mean, you, you were running the show in, in many ways, um, which was amazing to see. But, but I think it makes me wonder what advice you would give to someone wanting to get into tech, because... I, it's funny, I, I always think about this for myself. Founded something straight out of university, mm. you essentially did the same. Mm. I mean, not not quite, but you you were essentially a co-founder of that business. That that was always how I saw it as an investor anyway. Um, part of me thinks that was the best education I could have ever had as being a founder, and obviously it, it had an amazing outcome for me and everything else. But there's always also part of me which thinks, how different would it be had I gone to work for you know, a series B high growth tech startup mm. and really, you know, get that that part of understanding and, and go in many ways what is now the more traditional route of getting into tech rather than the way that we did it. Yeah. I I've been thinking about this a lot recently actually, in terms of the way that I learn. And I 
I'm not saying I'm not intelligent, but I don't think I'm as book smart as I am street smart, for lack of a better term. Mm. I feel like I learn through experiences. And I don't think I could have maybe gotten to where I am now if I wasn't thrown in the deep end. Because mm. I feel like as a person, that's just how I manage. That's how I learn. That's, you know, I gain experiences and then I apply what I didn't do right, what I did do right. And I do that for the future. And I feel like had I have read it or had I have been in a much larger business mm-hmm. where you, you don't get thrown in as much to building a business, I'm not sure I could have done the same thing. Um, mm. I, I just think that's personally how, how I learn. And that's something I'm also quite passionate about because I think growing up in the UK, everything is based on exams mm-hmm. and on being taught something in a lesson where you're being told something or you're reading something and you have to take it in. And I don't think that's really how I how I learn. I think, you know, for me, coursework was always, always something that I, you know, did way better at than exams because for me, it's not about you know, picking up the information for someone else and then regurgitating mm. it. It's like living it for three, four, five, six months and experiencing it. Um, and so for me, I think, you know, I, I don't think I could have reached the same stage if I, if I had done it that way. Really interesting. And I also think fortune favours the brave. There's no way you would have got, for, well, unlikely you get Forbes 30 and 30 if you spent the first five years working in an organisation where you don't have the impact. And it's a tough one, right? Because you... It's a risk. Mm. It's a massive risk, right? The swing of doing what you did and it not working out versus where it did get to, the outcomes are so vastly different, right? Whereas if you go down the safe route, then probably not going to get the Forbes 30 and 30, but the worst case scenario is a really steady job in tech. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, which is interesting because I, do you see yourself as risk averse? That's a really interesting question. I feel like, I don't have the right to say no. Mm. I don't think I am risk averse. I feel like I went to startups age yeah. 22 as a first employee in the business. I feel like if I was risk averse, I couldn't have done that. Yeah, which is so interesting because like the way that you operate within the business is risk averse. Like, yeah, it's really risk averse. <laughs> but obviously, um, but that's such a skill. Mm. The total opposite of me. Right? <laughs> I just I I have to take on all the risk yeah. and even the way that I conduct business. Yeah. Um, but that's why we're a good partnership. Because because that's your job <laughs> versus my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Things would look very different if we were both that uh, open to throwing caution to the wind. Yeah. Um, do you see yourself in the long run as founding something? Potentially. And I've thought long and hard about this because I've very almost been there. As you said, you, you probably saw me as a co-founder um, back in the day. Mm-hmm. I think it depends where I am because I think there is a lot of mental strain that probably comes with that role even more so than just being the C-suite in that role. And I say just because I think you are, you have a degree of separation. Mm. Um, I think it depends honestly where I am at personally, when that time will come and whether it's something that I think that I can shoulder at the time. Mm. Yeah, I know it's interesting. I, I think though, all the stress that you experienced in that first company where you were essentially co-founder, so you, you unlike many C-suite, you do know the level that it takes. Yeah. So you're in a really good position to make that assessment. And it's interesting. And I really appreciate that you're saying a lot of it's going to depend on mentally where you are at the time. And it's one of the things that a lot of founders don't realize Mm. um, is when we say, you know, it's that level of stress. It's not something we're saying lightly. No, no, it's not hyperbole. It's very, very true. It's a completely different level. And I do think that, you know, if you've had the safety net of, 
always taking a salary, you know, mm. for example, something that most people would in this country may take for granted um, that you just, you know, you get a check at the end of the month. It's not always like that as a founder. You mm. do have to put, you know, you have the responsibility of other people's checks. Mm-hmm. You have the responsibility of other people's families and mortgages. And it's a lot for, for people to handle. And I think it's not something that can be rushed into lightly. Um, I do think there is a huge amount of risk involved. I do think only certain types of people will, mm. will, will endeavor to do that. I do think I could see myself doing it, but I think having been in a situation previously where it took a lot out of me mm-hmm. mentally, personally to, to, you know, to be in that position, I think that it would totally depend on the strength I felt I had when the opportunity arose. Mm. And I think hopefully from my perspective, the, amazing journey that we've had with connected obviously is such a stark contrast to the outcomes that Mm. you know happen with many many startups um you know i think you've seen when it goes really really well and not that we don't have our issues of course startup (laughs) um but you you know i think it's uh it's been a real it's felt for me a very very positive experience over the last three years yeah but but the difference for me is the people involved Mm -hmm. and i think you know if you've got the right network around you not personally, I think at work, you need to have that strong network and almost family or friends with the people that you're going through those mm-hmm. times with. I think you need, I think, you know, you're in a much better position. Mm. Um, and I think you're, you know, you are more equip, equipped with the support that you would need mm. in that in that situation. I don't think I've had that in the past where I think, you know, you just feel very alone and you just feel like if you're not gelling with someone or you've got different styles or whatever it may be, I feel like it, it completely changes your mindset as to yeah. what you can handle. Yeah, and, it, and it's going to be a very, very interesting thing for Connected over the next few years because we're at uh, 80 people roughly mm. globally right now. And I think we've done an incredible job and a big part of this down to yourself and down to Kat as well. Incredible job of really hiring to our values mm. and to our, our culture where everyone has the potential to be friends yeah you know everyone has the potential to support each other it's you know we we took uh, the whole organization away to lisbon last year um it's funny because i never thought twice about it mm. and so many people so many of our investors they were like how many incidents were yeah. there? like <laughs> you know what happened are people still talking blah, blah, blah. And, and it was just like yeah like it was every it was great zero incidents like everything perfect Every single person came back to me being like, oh, it's lucky because, you know, every trip that they've heard of, these people had a fight, there was this argument, these people had a punch up, this one got fired. Like it's, it's, you know, I I really feel like we are very, very fortunate on that side. Mm. And I think it is because we do actively hunt down ego. Mm. Um, We have, I think, a 94% staff retention rate, but we've had, as in, in terms of people leaving, I think we've had four people who have left connected. One left uh, within a month. It wasn't for them, uh, the, the role that they were yep. in. They didn't want to do customer acquisition. It was fair enough. Two of them wanted their jobs back within two weeks of, of leaving. And one went to Canada. Uh, and one went to Canada. Yeah. And asked also to work through the time difference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we're going to. So, so I think that's been really strong. But the reason why we have so much staff retention on that side is also because we have been uh, ruthless mm. in upholding our standards. So that when we do have people who come in who aren't fitting in with the culture in terms of they are showing ego or arrogance or not being a team player, you know, we we have to remove those people. Because last year we spent 
we we paid one recruitment fee mm. because when we don't need to replace people like we're so so fortunate on that side but that's why we need to aggressively protect that culture as we grow and with launching you know multiple new markets over the next 12 18 months it's going to be a really interesting challenge yeah 100% but i think we've seen from previous businesses that you know as soon as you get one thorn in your side in terms of a bad egg in the business they have they have the opportunity to you know to infiltrate a lot mm. of people and you know an attitude bad attitude can just filter down and you know can muddy the waters completely unnecessarily and mm-hmm. we generally have a really really strong attitude at connected and i think that's why we all get on so well because you know no one is taken for a ride like everybody mm. pulls their part and it's not worth i think having people in the business who don't or who try cause drama because you know we are trying to build a business yeah. and doesn't work if you have people like that along the journey so i think as soon as you smell that rotten egg you have you know you have to make sure that you know you have to in a way protect the rest of your team members yeah you do a negative seed will ruin the whole stable yeah a hundred percent and it's something experienced in my my last company in in real sport we had some very very talented people who just didn't have the attitude and and it was actually one of the most difficult decisions we made was we had someone who um, a lot of our revenue was quite dependent on them. Mm. They were an incredibly talented producer. and We had a big contract with a, with a big drinks brand. Um, and he was the lead creative producer on that content, essentially. Um, and it was a massive decision for us to make, but we, we made the decision to let the person go because their attitude was demoralizing mm. everyone else. And it just, it, at that point, it's uh, there's no decision. No. You know, it just has to happen. You could always make more money. You can always get another revenue stream. There are ways around it, but as soon that. <laughs> that's, 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 that's the attitude we have to have. Hundred percent. There's always going to be more money. Exactly. Yeah, um, but, but you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, but I think that's been a really, really exciting one. So, tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, if you're happy to talk about it. I think the women in tech thing is very, very interesting, and I think um, considering how much of an impact you've had and how much of how much respect you have within the startup ecosystem in the UK at a very, very young age, still. Um, I think it's it's important to really amplify this story as much as possible. So tell us more about the challenges that you face, what you've overcome, what you'd advise people, because if we can give people genuinely practical uh, takeaways from this, people who will look up to you as an inspiration, rightfully so, um, but we should do that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, being in the early stage ecosystem is difficult anyway. It's difficult for everyone, you know, you know matter you know what background you have you know you know from an education perspective or you know whatever it may be it is difficult for everyone and it's not for everyone but there are times when I personally I think you know I've been in I've raised funds in the past um and I've been in a meeting with three men and they've just had a conversation amongst each other um when I when I spoke they looked at me and almost comically just paused Mm. didn't bother responding and then continued over here like oh and so seven so and just like completely just point blank ignored everything that I said um for an hour straight um and that's really harrowing when you're young you're 23 you're trying to make your way you're already I think at the step back Mm. um and you want to prove yourself and you've got nothing to lose so you kind of just like you put yourself out there anyway um but it's difficult um and I think you know for the way you look or you know where you've come from to be a factor in how people treat you I think is it's completely wrong um, and it, it, won't, it won't stop people. It hasn't stopped people in the past, but mm. I think it's a matter of, you know, having that resilience and building that resilience yourself. 
um, in terms of kind of just owning the situation. Um, and I think the last thing that people like that would expect of you is to own it and mm. turn it around and call them out on it because what are you going to lose by doing so? You know, at least you assert yourself, you assert your presence and they're probably going to think twice about doing it again mm. for you. Um, it is a difficult thing to do because you feel quite small in that situation, but I don't think there's another way around it. You know, if you do what they expect of you to and just sit and ignore like I did, because I was, you know, I didn't know what I was doing back then. Still don't really, but <laughs> I feel like I've had a little bit more experience mm. now. Um, I think if you do the opposite of what they expect you to, they will be the ones who will be backing off in the end. Mm. But I think that's such an important lesson because I think, uh, as you said, especially as you're trying to make your way, and this is the issue with these power dynamics, is even though you know what this person is doing is wrong, there is the risk that in the back of your head it's like, well, but I still want the outcome. Mm. I still want the investment. I still want the opportunity. So therefore, am I going to uh, passively tolerate what this person is doing or am I going to call it out? But I think that's a really important lesson. And I spoke to the, the GP, uh, female GP of an emerging VC recently. Some of the stories she told me, I was shocked. Yeah. Genuine. And it's probably bad that I'm shocked, you know, because it's probably so prevalent um, and, and I'm being naive in not assuming that this happens more because maybe I haven't seen it firsthand or not in a while anyway. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy how much this still happens. So I think that that advice of not just uh, passively, you know, accepting um, is, is really important. Yeah, I mean, I think the minute that you passively accept it, the, the minute that, you know, things won't change for you because people need to know that that's not, that's not okay. And I also think that when it's something as important as raising funds, Yes, you probably really wanted their 50K, 100K, however much it was. But at the end of the day, when you're raising funds with an investor, you're basically marrying them. You know, they're on it for the journey with you. And if they treat you like that in the first, second, third meeting before you even sign on the line, imagine how they're going to be treating you or even make, making your life hell for something else. You clearly don't have the same values as people. So, you know, when you're taking an investment on, you know, I don't think you can just sit and take it because probably well, not probably but you could be getting yourself into a situation where it gets so much worse down the line mm, yes i mean that's a very clear example of values just totally being yeah. disaligned at, at, at the first stage i think it's a really important one as well and have you seen improvements over the last five six years yes absolutely and i think i think a way that we are able to see the improvements is by holding kind of organizations accountable for it mm -hmm. and i think there's a lot of movements that you know, with diversity and inclusion, you know, a lot of organizations and large corporates are having to maybe transparently publish their, um, you know, their ratio of men to women in mm -hmm. the workplace or whatever it may be, you know, FTSE 100, 200 businesses are publishing how many, um, you know, how many women that they have on their boards, for example. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those are stats that I don't think were ever um, even something that, that businesses were measuring in the past, but now mm. they're publishing them. So I think, you know, going back to the education point that I raised earlier, when you see young women or girls growing up, they need to see these stats and they need to say, actually, wow, okay, I can be one of those. Mm. Um, because they then know it's, you know, it's actually something that they can drive towards and work towards. So I definitely think things have got better. There's always room for improvement and we're really nowhere near levelling the, the field, mm. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I do think it's getting better. And who have your influences been? That is a great question. Um, I want to put me on the spot with. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to... 
I don't want to single anyone out, but I think, you know, Sarah Blakely from Spanx was one of the very, very first female entrepreneurs who didn't have a product, knew she needed the product. I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, had much experience in building a business mm. before um, and took the ball by the horns and did it all herself. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that is, you know, back in the day when it wasn't incredibly recent. Mm. Obviously, there's a lot of female entrepreneurs who are coming through now doing incredible things. But I think doing it in a different climate and in a different environment like Sarah did, I think that was an incredible, incredible, no mean feat, really. Yeah, nice. Okay, cool. So there's questions that I ask everyone um, that I'd love to spend a bit of time going through with you. What do you think the single biggest risk you've ever taken was and what was the outcome? Single risk, single biggest risk I think I've ever taken is ignoring my gut. Okay. Mm. Want to tell us about that? Yeah, back in previous business, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, like I alluded to earlier, it took a lot out of me, very mentally draining and put me in quite a dark place and I knew it was happening and I just ignored my gut and I continued anyway. When you're that young, you want to, you know, you want to prove yourself. You want to mm. put you, you know, put your pull up your seat at the table. And back then, I kind of took anything to get myself there. Um, even though my gut was screaming, "You need to get out! You need to get out! It's mm. not for you! It's not for you!" Didn't didn't listen. Uh, did it anyway. Um, I don't have a regret that I did it because I do think it worked out well. And I try to kind of look things quite philosophically and say, if I'm happy where I am now. I don't think actually I have any regrets because if I had made one other decision, if I had have left earlier, mm-hmm. maybe we wouldn't have met. Maybe mm-hmm. I wouldn't have got the job at Nutrifix. Maybe I wouldn't have got the job at Connected. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can't, within my right mind, say I regret any of the choices of ignoring my gut, for example, because it wouldn't have got me where I am today. But yeah. definitely, I'd say one of my biggest risks I took. Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, and you are totally right in the sense that you know, if you're happy with where you are right now, then you can't change the past, right? Because no. any small change would, who knows where it takes us. But I think that's, um, I think that's a, a really, really um, good one. And I think it goes to the really difficult lessons that, le- one of the really difficult lessons that entrepreneurs need to learn. It's something which we all learn the hard way, which is really that sunk cost fallacy, mm. you know, which is that, well, I've already given so much. Yeah. And I've already put so much energy emotion time money whatever it might be i need this to like it needs to get to where i need to go to work yeah um and it's so tough and it takes so much uh realism to be able to step out and say this is the point and you're never gonna get the point exactly right but it's like that no okay now even though i've already invested so much any more at this stage is now going to be more detriment than it is positive yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I totally agree. But it's like, it's, it's cutting your losses. When do you do it? You yeah. know, and that is a huge thing to do. Because as you say, you put so many resources into it. How do you say, you know what, enough is enough. Yeah. Change my path. Okay, next question I've got for you is, <laughs> you may have, I'll say, I'll, I'll try it. Is there anything you wish you did differently? Um... And this is not just in business. These are open-ended questions. Whatever this question means to you. It would be getting the balance right, Mm. for sure. Because it's just something I don't get. I don't know how to do it. I'm really, really open about that. I just think who I am as a person, I throw myself into stuff personally Mm. or professionally, whatever it may be, throw myself into it. And it's not it's not conducive to sustainability i don't think um and so it would be you know i made it out all right i'm alive you know i'm 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 happy so i can't complain but i think the one thing that you know 
I could have done better in the past is is getting that balance right and looking after myself mm. first. You're a psychologist. Is this mm. addiction? I, and I say, <laughs> say, is this addiction? I mean, for the both of us. But I'm not. I missed the deadline for my, for my <laughs> PhD, didn't I? Yeah. Um, probably. Probably, Yeah, right? it's the dopamine hit you get from it. It's the drive. You know, yeah. you don't want to stop it. Yeah, but I, I, we are a society of addicts. Mm. We, I, I don't know anyone who is not an addict. I mean, if it's kids on their phones, I mean, that addiction is as strong, if not stronger than any work addiction or yeah. workaholism, whatever it is. I mean, we're all addicts. It's all about a passion as well. You know, when you're passionate about something, you want to mm. put everything into it. Mm. And yeah. then that's where it's driven from. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Okay, what are you proudest of? Um... I don't know. I think it's it feels quite negative to say you're proud of yourself. I feel like it's just not. I don't think so. Really? <laughs> no. I mean, I, I would say great. I would say I'm proud of myself. You should be. But I feel like I don't know. I feel a lot of people see that as oh god, yeah, she's proud of herself. Um, hate is gonna hate. Yeah, that's right. true. They're always gonna hate. Um, yeah, I feel like I've overcome some hurdles, um, and I'm really happy. I'm really content, and I feel like that's been quite a long road to get there. So I'm mm. really proud that I've made it through, and uh, yeah, on my own little journey. That's great. Well, it's amazing to hear. What does it take to be successful? Grit and drive and a passion. Um, I think if you have a goal and you have a vision of where you want to get yourself and you're passionate about getting yourself there, you can do anything. And success is obviously very subjective. You know, success for me is very, very different to success for you, maybe or, you know, brother or whatever it is. Um, but I think, you know, whatever your version of success is, I think if you have a goal of where you want to get to and you have the drive to get yourself there, I think that's successful. Amazing. Okay, my last one mm -hmm. for you, Claude, is 15-year-old Claudia walks in the room right now. What oh are you going to tell her? Stop straightening your hair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, take each day as it comes and enjoy every single day because you'll overcome hurdles. Don't let them get you down. Use them to fire you up you know to power you on and just enjoy because life is short and you never know what's around the corner so just take each day don't work too hard that comes later you can have time to just sit and enjoy yourself and just live each day as it comes nice claude what do you want to plug where can people find you can't plug connected says uh feel like we've already done that um mm. but linkedin you know i want to talk about women in tech i want to talk about lgbt because i'm part of that community i want to talk about learning through experiences less you know less through books um so yeah talk to me on linkedin claudia stankler always reply claude thanks so much for coming on the show thanks roy Thanks for watching the episode. And if you haven't subscribed, please hit subscribe below so that you can support the podcast and we can keep on bringing you amazing new guests. If you want to see the other amazing episodes in this podcast, click into our series section. As ever, if there are any other guests or topics you want us to explore, just let me know in the comments and we'll do our best to bring someone in.